city and village, preaching and bringing the glad tidings of the kingdom of God. And the twelve were with him. And certain women who had been healed of evil spirits and infirmities, Mary called Magdalene, out of whom had come seven demons, Joanna, the wife of Chusa, Herod Steward, and Susanna, and many others provided financial support for Jesus and his disciples. They partnered with him. And, you know, I just, the, the value and the power of people who partner and give, um, it's, just, it's just such an awesome thing that, you know, even, even Jesus needed pe- people to partner with his ministry. And um, even Jesus, even the Son of God, you know, even he needed people to partner. And it's so cool that they actually mention these people by name, that these were the, the people that, that partnered with him and gave in to his ministry. And I just think it's an awesome thing. And, and it's such a beautiful thing when, when people just partner together uh, with a ministry to, to help them preach the gospel. You know, no one does anything by themselves. Everything is a is a team effort. You know, we've been extremely busy here this morning in church, setting things up and doing things a little bit differently and setting up our tree and, and, uh, just, you know, it, it's, it's everything that we do, we do together. And, uh, you know, Christianity, it's, it's not a, it's not a spectator sport. I mean, we're not really called to watch, uh, we're called to help and, uh, we help each other and there are different ways that we help. And one of those ways is is we partner with with ministries. You know, when a ministry blesses you and feeds you uh, the bread of life, um, you want to you know just seek the Lord and let God lead you. But you know, I would encourage you to partner with that ministry and bless them. And those of you that watch online that partner with our ministry, just want to say thank you. You know, those of you in our church that partner with our ministry, I want to say thank you. Um, we're grateful for that, and uh, it's an honorable thing and it's a beautiful thing. So, with that, if you need to give an envelope this morning. Uh, we'll get one to you. Amen. And if you're online and you want to give, you can go to gracepointgeorgetown.com and you can give right there. Amen. And those of you watching online, please excuse the uh, eyesore up here of the computer. Okay, so we got... Okay, well, can we move it a little bit to where I can just step aside? Mm. Move it to the left. Okay. We'll figure it out. We are uh, taking part in a uh, conference online, and, uh, you know, these are different days and different times. And we want to make sure that uh, we can be a blessing and that we can reach other people. And a part of that is, you know, just kind of taking advantage of the, uh, of the technology, you know. The message stays the same, but uh, a lot of times the way that we relay that message many times can change. And so we are joining in together with another family of faith church out of Louisville, Kentucky. And uh, I think we'll be jumping in with them here here very shortly. So those of you watching online, that's kind of what's going on. And uh, amen. We have to have to have to be wise and make changes. So amen. Praise God. God bless you, brother. Good to see you, man. Can you hear me okay? Amen. Let's see here. This might actually help things. Can you hear me now? There we go. 
God bless you, brother. Good to see you. How's everything going down in Georgetown? Uh, we're doing good, man. We're doing good. Can you hear me? I'm muted. I think you hit your mute, your little mute button down there at the bottom. Okay. There we go. Okay. Good. Amen. Praise God. Good to see you, man. God bless you. So, did you, uh, are you guys having this during your church service? Yeah, we sure are. They can hear you. He, he said hello. <laughs> Pastor Williams said hello. He came and he spoke here at our um, our camp out conference. You didn't realize you guys were doing that. That's great. Absolutely. Amen. All right, we're going to get started here. It looks like in about, yeah, about, uh, yeah, amen. Been having some great services there, virtual services. I mean, cool. It's good. You got to change the way we do things, right? Amen. Yeah. Yeah. Another minute or two here. All right. Awesome. Everybody that's here, you guys can turn to First Peter chapter one, and we're going to get started on here here very shortly. All right. Thirty seconds. Cool. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I think it'll be, uh, I think once, he go, once we get started, I'll turn mine off, and I think it creates sort of a warble whenever I have mine on. Okay. So, okay. All right, 10 seconds. Cool. Amen. We, we clap for you guys too. Sister Church. We've been looking forward to this for a while. Jeremiah and I have been trying to get this set up. It didn't work before. We were going to have him come up. and uh, It was my fault, not his, but it just didn't work out. And then uh, We have had Grant come up. Grant Fraley, you guys know Grant. Yeah, we love Grant. He's the associate pastor. And uh, so our people love Grant's messages. He's, yeah. he's been a blessing. And so, okay. all right, we've got a little sound problem here. Give us one second. Okay, here we go. Okay, and uh, but we've been looking forward to to the pastor to come uh, uh, of, uh, of Georgetown, uh, Grace Point, right? Grace That's Point. right. Good job. And Jeremiah is, is a very well-known speaker. He's uh travels quite often throughout the year. He's an author of several books, and uh, he's in a high demand to teach and preach the gospel of grace, and we've been looking forward to this for a long time, and so thank you again for, for uh, doing this this morning, and uh, Amen. You know, sending aside your all's service uh, as, as you come in to be a part of this today, and so just want to turn it over to you, Okay. and, uh, and uh, you can have it from here. God bless you. Hey, thank you, brother. Amen. 
Amen. God bless you, Family of Faith Church. Thank you for, for coming in here and being a part, and we're all kind of linking in, and like I was telling our congregation, things are different, and uh, we have to kind of take advantage of technology and allow things to happen, and we want to bless each other and help each other, and that's what we're doing. So uh, we're going to start in 1 Peter chapter 1, if you guys want to turn there. And, uh, you know, what I've been on here lately, real strong, um, is um, just, just really taking control of your thoughts <clears throat> and making sure that, uh, you know, everything that comes into your mind is not necessarily born of God or even uh, born of your own thoughts. You have to recognize that there is an enemy, and um, he, he really, one of the primary ways that the battle is fought uh, is through the mind and through thoughts. Now, we know that, that um, Jesus defeated the devil on the cross 2,000 years ago. That's a done deal, and that's been completed. And so the enemy's stripped. He doesn't really have any power, per se, or authority, but what he does do is he has the ability to lie. And so what we want to do is we want to we take in as much truth as we can uh, because when we have truth, we have light, we have the ability to see, and uh, we also live in a state of freedom and liberty. And that's what we want. And so, but what the enemy is always trying to do, he's always trying to bring in lies. He's always trying to get us to believe those lies. And when we believe those lies, it puts us into a place of bondage. And so we want to operate in greater and greater uh, levels and degrees of freedom. And so in order to do that, a big part of what we do is we got to renew our mind. we got to change the way we think. You know, I was born again uh, when I was about 19 or 20 years old, and I got saved, and I was made righteous in my spirit, <clears throat> but my mind, I still thought like a drug addict, still thought like an atheist, still thought like an alcoholic, lying, cheating, womanizing, awful human being. And so I was born again here, but I needed the Word of God to wash my mind, and to change the way I thought, uh, change the way I saw myself, and change the way that I saw the world around me. And so that's a big part of the reason why we come together. It's a big part of the reason why we, you know, we have church is uh, we renew our mind to truth. And uh, you know, mind renewal happens. It's a, it's a progressive thing. It takes time. I mean, you know, if you thought one way for a really long period of time, um, it, it can take some time to start to think a different way. And that's why, you know, the scripture over and over again refers to itself as the washing of the water of the word. And what we want to do is we want to, we want to see the way God sees, we want to think the way God thinks, and we want to have his perspective on things. I mean, you know, the way most of the world views things is completely opposite to the way God views things. It's almost diametrically opposed. It's like completely opposite. And so what we want to do, we don't want our worldview to be based on movies and popular culture um, and maybe even our upbringing, what we want to do is we want to allow the Word of God to come in and renew us and allow us to see accurately, allow us to see clearly. And this, this passage of Scripture in 1 Peter chapter 1, I've just been on it for a while, and uh, it's just really powerful. And it says, Therefore, gird up the loins of your mind. Gird up the loins of your mind. Now, Loins, you know, is talking about your, your reproductive organs, and uh, your mind, of course, is talking about your thoughts. And so, Scripture here gives an analogy between your ability to reproduce and your mind, and it says, gird up. Now, during that period of time, uh, uh, you know, in, in the times when Scripture was written, 
what people would do is they would gird up their robe. They'd be wearing a, you know, a robe or a toga or whatever. And by, when they were about to do something physical or they're about to do a physical activity or they're going to run or whatever, they would actually gird up, their, gird up their loins, gird up their robe and get ready to go. And so that's kind of the analogy. We don't really have that today. Um, we might say pull your pants up, you know, <laughs> or whatever. Uh, you know, pull, put, your, put your big girl britches on or whatever. We might use a different analogy. But, but what it's actually saying is it's saying gird up the loins of your mind. And what it's saying is it's saying get your thoughts together. Get your thoughts together. Um, <clears throat> because how many know we, we live in a world that's always been pressurized uh, and always kind of been crazy. But how many know things are far more pressurized and far more crazy now? And we're living in a time where you can't just let your thoughts go wherever. You've got to get, we got to get control of our thought life. We've got, we got to rein it in. We've got to gird up the loins of our mind. And we, we have to do that with truth. Because, you know, I've been talking about this a little bit here lately. But everything is trying to conceive something on the inside of you. How many know that there's a, there's a whole lot of fear going around? And uh, the enemy would want to try to take seeds of fear um, and sow it into your mind so that it's going to produce fear. Enemy would want to try to take uh, thoughts of offense, thoughts of anger, sow it into your mind so that it will produce fear and anger and offense. And, um, you know, and I use this analogy a lot, but how many of you can't, you can't stop a bird from flying over your head, but you can stop it from building a nest in your hair, right? And so you, you can't control the, in this information age, you can't control innumerable amount of thoughts that are going everywhere. But how many know you have a choice on what you focus on? Right? How many know you can choose to take your time and focus it on fear? Or you can choose to take your time and focus it on what God has said? How many know what God has said and what the world has said is very different? And we have the ability to choose what we focus on. Now, we don't always have the ability to choose our circumstances. <clears throat> we don't always have the ability to choose what's going to happen uh, necessarily around us. But what we do have the ability to do is we have the ability to choose what we're going to focus on. And in and, and this season of my life, I have, in a very strong sense, made a purposeful decision to focus on what God has said. You know, um, I, I, have, I have greatly reduced my intake of the news. Um, I still do check the news a little bit, but even then I check it with a grain of salt. How I many you know if there's anything that we have learned here recently, there's a whole lot of people lying to us. <laughs> and they've been lying to us for a long time, but now the curtain's kind of been pulled back and we're getting a look that, you know, the media used to report what happened, but now the media is really trying to control what's happening. And I think it's been like that for a long time. We just haven't been aware of it. But I believe that the Lord is revealing it now. And we're finding out, you know, you can't believe everything you read. You can't believe everything <clears throat> that you see on social media. And really, we live in this information age where there's information everywhere. But the vast majority of it, I would say almost 99.9% .9 of it's biased. And there's a twist on it. And, and so what I've decided is I've got I've to pick up the scriptures I've got to pick up the Word of God, and I've got to look at what the Lord is saying to me. What the Lord is saying to me, what the Lord is saying to my house. What the, we, we have to... How many know God is speaking while the enemy is lying? I'll say that again. God is speaking while the enemy is lying. God is speaking while the enemy is lying. 
Now, the primary way God speaks is through Scripture. The primary way He speaks is through His Word. And uh, that's, that's what He's preserved for us. That's why, you know, Jesus, when Jesus withstood the devil, um, He didn't just prophesy to the devil. He said, it is written. Three times the enemy uh, tried to tempt Him. Three times Jesus responded with the written Word. Now, Jesus was the Word made flesh. And in fact, anything Jesus said would have been Scripture because He is the Word, but He chose to use that which was already written because He knew that when we fought the enemy's lies, we would need to use that which was already written. Are y'all tracking me here? So this book that you have called a Bible is extraordinarily valuable always, but especially in this season that you're living in. It's a time to open up your Bible and take a look at the promises of God, hear the voice of God, and hear what God is saying to you. I've been consuming more scripture in this period of my life than I have in years and years and years and years. I'm, I'm almost, it's almost like I'm addicted to Proverbs right now. I just want to hear Proverbs all the time. I want to hear it in the audio. Uh, me and Ethan, we're sitting down and we're working through and studying Proverbs together. And it's like I want God's wisdom, you know. And I have found that even though there's a craziness in the world that's around me, I found a strength inside of me um, that, it, that has grown stronger perhaps than it's ever been before in my entire life. And I'm not growing in strength in my own strength because my own strength's weak. If there's anything that I, I proved in my life is that my strength always fails. But how many know you have a strength inside of you that's greater than your strength? Can I get an amen? You have the Lord. And you can make a connection to God uh, through His truth and through His Scripture, and you can gird up your, the loins of your mind, and you can gird up the loins of your heart, and you can be strong because you're living in a day and age of battle. There is a war going on. And the primary issue of the war, it's not some physical war with bombs and stuff. It's a war of information. It's a war of information. The enemy is shooting forth more lies... Because he has more ways to do it than ever before with all of the different platforms of social media and all these things. There's so many lies coming that you have to gird yourself with truth so that you can see through lies and you can take a stand for what's real and what's right and what's true. But how many know in the very same breath there's more opportunity for the enemy to lie? How many know there's more opportunity for the gospel to go forth? Can I get an amen? Amen. Like right now, I'm, I'm preaching to Family of Faith Church in Louisville, Kentucky. Um, I'm preaching online to people all over the world. Um, and I'm preaching right here in Georgetown as well. And so even though the enemy's guns are loaded with lies, how many know God's guns are loaded with truth? And at the end of the day, we, we, are, we don't sit ourselves against people. People are not our enemy. Uh, you don't have a flesh and blood enemy. How many know your enemy is the devil? And the devil's been defeated. But the only thing he can do is lie. And so he is still in his place of defeat from the grave trying to hurl lies at the children of God, trying to keep us in a state of bondage and also trying to keep other people from becoming children of God. Amen? And so we take a stand for truth and we gird up the loins of our mind. You are in control of what you think about. I'm just going to say that a couple more times. You are in control of what you think about. You are in control of what you think about. And see, the thing about it is you may have had a period of your life where you just allowed any thought to come into your mind. And that's what you thought about. And you had no control. And you had no door. Or, you know, no, no ability to shut the flow of, of thoughts. You know, that's one of the things that drugs do to people. People get, people, get, people get on drugs, man. I used to be one of those people. And any thought that comes into their mind, they're on it. 
And that's why you see people do crazy stuff. Why do people do crazy stuff? They have no control of their thoughts. And so the enemy just shoots a couple little suggestions in there. And next thing you know, you got somebody robbing somebody. You got somebody, you know, uh, uh, killing somebody. You got somebody, you know, just doing crazy things. These thoughts don't originate uh, from, from, from man, to be completely honest with you. These thoughts originate from the enemy. I know man's in a fallen state, and I understand that. But however, the enemy's the one who tries to flood us with these thoughts. And so as a believer, you have the ability to control what you think about. Amen? And a big part of that is what you're ingesting. And so I just want to take a look at this passage, and I think Bambi actually quoted this passage last, last week. But um, in Philippians, Philippians, it's in here somewhere. Philippians chapter 4. And uh, we'll pick it up here in verse 6. If you guys want to turn in your Bibles here, I just want to read this to you real quick because I'm going to say this to you. Don't put garbage in your mind. If you are constantly putting garbage in your mind, it's going to be more difficult for you to control your thoughts. Amen. Now, I'm not, I'm not encouraging you to live this you know, puritanical life of of no entertainment and never watching a movie or never watching a sporting event i'm not i don't i don't i don't subscribe to that um i think that we're in we're 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 in this world but we're not of this world but we we can enjoy there are things down here that you can enjoy and not lose your salvation can i get an amen now there was a time in my life i didn't think that like we didn't watch any movies we didn't watch any sports we were just wow we were hardcore and really what we were is we were legalistic we were touch not taste not and uh, we, we really were only, we're just full of pride because we thought we were better than everybody else. So I'm not saying that. You can definitely, you know, enjoy entertainment, you know, these things. Uh, my family and I, we really enjoy watching The Mandalorian right now. We, we really enjoy that. It comes out on, on Fridays and it's like a spinoff of Star Wars. We enjoy watching it. Not a big deal. But what I have to understand is when I'm watching The Mandalorian, I'm not feeding my spirit. When I'm watching a sporting event, I'm not feeding my spirit. You know, um, how many know if, 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 you know, I really enjoy to, to lift weights and to exercise and stuff like that. That's something that I enjoy. If, how many know if the only thing I ate was Twinkies, it would impact my training. It would definitely impact my training. And so, and so I have to realize that what I put in is going to have an effect on me physically, emotionally, and in my thought realm, right? Now, I still eat Twinkies. Can I get an amen? I still eat Twinkies. Like I made homemade peppermint ice cream the other night. And it was wonderful. And I probably ate 80% of it by myself. <laughs> Not because I was trying to take it from anybody, but, well, <laughs> amen. <laughs> I, I have grown beyond that, hallelujah. Um, but uh, Stacy can't uh, eat peppermint because she's pregnant. And we didn't know that at the time. I actually made it for her because she really likes that type of ice cream, but she can't eat it. And then Ethan was, was spending the night with some friends, and so it left Jeremiah Johnson in a big bowl a homemade peppermint ice cream. And let me tell you, I did not get a bowl. I ate out of the container. Can I get an amen? So, yeah, and it was good, and I enjoyed it, and, and, and it's okay. You know, it's not a big deal. But however, I mean, if that's the only thing I ever ate, it would affect my health. I mean, you know, if the only thing that I watched was entertainment or movies or sporting events or secular music, it would affect my mental health. So I have to realize that there are things that edify and there are things that don't edify, right? And so I can enjoy both, but how many know moderation is key? Can I get an amen? And so I'm going to read you this passage of Scripture. This is our filter. This is what's going to help you 
in maintaining your course and girding up the loins of your mind so that your thoughts aren't going crazy. How many know when your thoughts are going crazy, you're not happy? When your thoughts are going crazy, you don't have peace and, and you don't have confidence. And how many know that you can be very alone and afraid in your own mind? And how many know that's not a good thing? So we, we have to guard the, the state of our mind. Because how many know we, we can't get away from it? You know, you, you may ever had like a junk drawer in your house or a junk room. Praise God. <laughs> Praise God. But, I mean, you know, the beauty of that junk drawer, like we have a junk drawer in our house. We have, almost, we have like a, a junk drawer and then a junk uh, countertop space. This is where I put everything that I don't know where it should go. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, what is that? Well, I don't know where that goes. We put it right there. And it just sits there, right? But do you know what's awesome about that? Is I can walk away from that. I can walk away from a junk drawer. I don't have to deal with it. You can walk away with a junk, from a junk room. You have to deal with it. But you know what? You can't walk away from a junk mind. Everywhere you go, there it is. And so your mind's one thing that you got you got to kind of keep it clean a little bit. Because if you don't clean it up, then it's going to make your life miserable. And even as a Christian, as a believer, can I get an amen? How many know it's true? How many know just because you're saved doesn't mean that you're, you're living in a state of peace in your thoughts? And, and there is an element of uh, responsibility that we have to guard our heart and to guard our thoughts if we want to be happy. You know what I'm saying? If we want to. And how many know we do? And so your thoughts are something that you can't really play around with, and you have to understand that we have to do something about it. How many know if I didn't shower for three weeks, ain't nobody want to hug Brother Johnson. You know what I'm saying? I mean, that's going to impact me. You know, the, the coronavirus would die with just me walking in the room. <laughs> but if I did not clean myself outwardly, it's going to impact my life, right? But yet we don't realize... You know what's more important to clean yourself outwardly? Cleaning it up right here. Yeah. Seriously, man, because dirt on your hands isn't as, is, is important as dirt on your mind. Because dirt on your mind, it'll, it'll mess you up. It'll rob you of peace. It'll make you afraid. It'll make you crazy. It'll make you angry, make you offended. Open the door to temptation, all of these things. And so we want the water of the Word washing our mind um, Gosh, it's just astonishing how many different little buzzing things are are happening, and but it's okay. You know what I'm saying? It's all good. We live in a technological world, and sometimes things like that happen. Um, but more important than keeping my hands clean, keeping my mind clean. Amen. Y'all tracking me here? And so we we have to, and we're in control of this, right? And so this right here it, it helps us understand what we're going to put inside of ourselves. Philippians chapter four, verse six. It says, be anxious for nothing, amen, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. So this is living in a state of gratitude and presenting it before the Lord. Here's the thing, you don't have to have all the answers. I love that about being a child of God. I don't have to know everything. But I know the one who does. And you know what I do? I present it to him. And I wait. And I try to follow the peace that he's placed on the inside of me. Amen? And sometimes we have real clear direction. And sometimes we're not real sure. But how many know it's easier for God to direct a moving vehicle than a parked car? Step out. Walk forward. What, what, what am I called to do? What should I do? What do you want to do? 
What's in your heart to do? What does love look like flowing out of you? And I'll be honest with you, in this season, ministry looks very different. You know what I mean? It really does. Everything's very different right now. But it doesn't mean we can't let love flow. What is ministry? It's just love flowing. That's all it is. In whatever capacity, let love flow and point people to Jesus. And so I encourage you, you know, I was, just, I was talking to a gentleman the other day in, um, in um, Scotland. And uh, he's gotten a hold of the message of the gospel. And I set up a time to talk to him. And uh, he's ready to move forward with the call of God on his life. He's had a call of God on his life his whole life, but he never, all the pieces didn't fit together. Well, finally now, all the pieces fit together. He's ready to, he's ready to move forward. Now, but yet now we've got a pandemic going on, right? <clears throat> so what's he going to do? Start an online Bible study. Just, just move forward where you're at. Put one foot in front of the other and move forward. Can I get an amen? amen? You don't have to wait for the world to be perfect to share Jesus. Amen. amen? There's all different ways of doing it, man. There's all different ways of helping people. You know, uh, one of the things we're doing as a church is we're adopting a family, you know, for Christmas. And we're going to help take care of their, their gifts and stuff like that. And, and how many know there, there, there are probably people all around you that need help. And some of it might be financial help. Some of it might just be someone talking to them and listening to them. And, and just, just, just let love flow. Can I get an amen? And, and, and so we, we, we don't have to have all the answers. We know the one that does. We stay thankful. We present it before the Lord. And we allow that peace to guard our hearts and our minds so that we're not living in a state of anxiousness. Amen? And then this next portion, it, this is kind of our strainer. To, to what we need to take into our heart on a regular basis. Finally, brethren, what the, whatsoever things are true. Man, that cancels out 90% of the media right there. Right? Whatsoever things are true. Whatever things are noble. Noble. Wow. Truth and nobility. You know what I'm saying? Whatever things are just. Amen. Whatever things are pure. Whatever things are lovely. I mean, you know, praise God, whatever things are of a good report, if there are any virtue, if there's any praise, think on these things, meditate on these things, fill your mind with good stuff. Yeah. Amen. You have the ability to do it. It's a choice. Now, I know the bad stuff will try to draw you in. I know the mindlessness of entertainment and quick videos and all of these things will try to draw you in and consume up all of your time. Now, I'm, once again, I'm not anti-entertainment, but just like I'm not anti-Twinkies, amen? But there, there's a place for mindless entertainment, and there's a place for Twinkies, and there's a place for real food, amen? Real food being Jesus Christ, the bread of life, amen? And so um, it says, these things that you learned and received and heard and saw in me, these things do, and the peace of God will be with you. So we have to, we have to be aware and be careful what we're, we're taking in. And, you know, and, and I've shared this before, but I just reached a point in time where I realized I have got to turn the news off. I've got to just turn it off. And I had a season where I totally turned it off. And really directed my attention and my focus toward the scripture. Now I still now I'm in a place where I can look at it a little bit just to see what in the world these crazy people are doing. Um, but I, it's still not the main course of my life. Entertainment shouldn't be the main course of your life. Sports shouldn't be the main course of your life. Pinterest shouldn't be the main course of your life. Instagram shouldn't be the main course of your life. Facebook shouldn't be the main course of your life. All these things they have a place and they're fine. 
But at the end of the day, Jesus Christ is the one who feeds you. Can I get an amen? So we have a, we have a choice here. And, and so, so now, um, let, let's turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 10. And what I really want to do is I want to dive into this passage of Scripture, and I want to take a close look at it, and I want to empower you to fight the, this war of your thoughts. Because as I'm telling you this, and I'm telling you girding up the loins of your mind, um, it's going to be a battle. This is where the real battle's at. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God for the pulling down of strongholds. This is the real warfare. The real warfare is thoughts. It really is. Because um, the, 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 the war in the realm of the Spirit's already been won through Jesus Christ. I mean, you know, 2,000 years ago, Jesus was successful. He did a good job. He spoiled the devil, and he provided forgiveness for all of mankind. You know? um, and, and so, but now the battle's here. Right, and so how I many know if you're going to fight a battle, you want to be effectively equipped to fight it. You know, I want to know how to fight the battle. You know, Paul said, "I'm not as one that just beats the air. I'm one who I, I fight with with diligence, with awareness, with consistency." How I many know you're called to be vigilant? Why? Because your adversary, the devil, goes about as a roaring lion, seeking whom whom he may devour. How's he going to try to bring devouring into your life through your thoughts? Fiery darts into your thoughts. So we want to get skilled at shutting him down. Can I get an amen? amen. Just like you've, beca- you, you've become skilled on keeping yourself clean physically. You know, I dare say a part of being a, a part of, you know, modern society is, you know, learning how to effectively shower and take deodorant and, you know, and, and brush your teeth and all these types of things. See, Eli doesn't know how to do that yet. He doesn't. He's not, he hasn't learned how to do it. As far as he's concerned, us changing his diaper just cramps his style. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He's like, I'm trying to play. What are you trying to take this diaper off me? Leave me alone. You know, and his little fingernails, he plays in the mud and stuff, gets dirt underneath his fingernails. He ain't trying to keep his fingernails clean. He ain't trying to keep, he ain't trying to keep his face clean. He ain't trying to do none of that. How many know we got to do all that for him now? But how many know he will learn how to do it and even enjoy it, Right? Got no amens on that. Y'all don't like being clean? (laughs) We like being dirty. We don't like being clean. (laughs) Sorry, forgive me. (laughs) Amen. And so just like you can learn how to keep your body clean, how many of you can learn how to keep your mind clean? Amen. And so let's take a look at here. I'm going to read this passage and give us some context, and we're going to start breaking it down. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3. It says, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. This is, this, is how you, this is how you fight. This is how you war right here, how you get control of your thoughts. Now, I read it to you in context. I'm going to start to break it down line by line. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. I mean, it would be great to punch the devil in the face, right? I would love that. I'd sign up for that. I'd pay money for that. You can't do it, okay? But what you can do is you can learn how to guard your heart and your mind, and in maintaining your peace, you will be punching him in the face. Amen? It says, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They're not fleshly. They're not swords and knives and, and all of these things but mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds. Now, first thing I want to take a look at here today is stronghold. Now, what, now in, in their time, in the time when these things are written, 
an army would have a stronghold. What would it be? It would be a place where they had built a fortress. It would be a place where they had, had, had built up enough um, armory and, and, and power and manpower and, and weaponry to, to create something that was, that was safe and protected. It was a stronghold. Okay, you, if you read about it in the Psalms in the life of David, they would develop strongholds in different areas. But what we're talking about is from mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. So we're not talking about a God stronghold in your mind right now. We're talking about an enemy stronghold in your mind. Okay? Now, what is, what is a stronghold? A stronghold is a thought process that you've had consistently for a long time to where it's developed a false perception or false reality in your mind. What are you talking about, Jeremiah? Let me make it a little bit clearer. I, when I was 19 years old, I was, I was a drug addict, okay? And in my mind, the enemy had infiltrated my mind and built a stronghold that was a lie that Jeremiah Johnson was a drug addict and would always be a drug addict. Now, when I got born again, I stopped being a drug addict. I started being a child of God in my spirit. My spirit, you know, there, there's no... See, when your spirit's not addicted to anything but Jesus. Can I get an amen? Your spirit don't struggle with depression. Your spirit don't struggle with anger. Your spirit don't struggle with offense. Your spirit is, is one spirit with the Lord. Your spirit is perfect. Amen? That is who you are. But when you get, when you get born again, your spirit becomes alive, but you still got the same mind. Like the second after I got saved, I still thought like a drug addict. I had a stronghold. Now, now this stronghold is now an enemy infiltration into my thought processes, and the enemy needs to be kicked out of my head. Now, when I talk about enemy, I don't mean there's literal devils in my brain. Can I get an amen? I'm not saying that. I'm saying that I've, I had consistently believed the lie and embraced the false identity that I was a drug addict. Right, And so now I've got to take the word of God and start driving this enemy stronghold out of my mind with the truth. Thank you. With the truth. And so now I've got to start taking the truth and shooting it into my brain in this area because now I'm a child of God. I don't want to act like a drug addict anymore. But here's the thing. After I was saved, I still struggled with drug addiction for years. It took me time. You know, I don't have this testimony where I got saved and I was instantly set free from everything. That's not my testimony. I got saved. I rolled into church in chains. I rolled out of church in chains. But slowly, the chains started popping off. Slowly, you know, the hard drugs went first. The alcoholism went next. Um, and then, you know, the, one of the last drug strongholds for me was smoking marijuana. I had a hard time not smoking marijuana because... That's the only way I knew how to be happy. I didn't know, I had trained myself that the only way I could be happy is if I was high. Just being honest with you. Don't you love honesty? I love it. Just tell the truth. It's so simple and so easy. But how many know that in order for me to go where God had me, I still couldn't maintain that stronghold in my mind? Amen? And then I've told you guys a story, you know, many times, but but identity is what set me free. And, and, And the final you know, the straw that broke the camel's back and drove that, brought down that stronghold is I realized that um, I wasn't a drug addict. I was a child of God. Enemy tried to, to tempt me. There was, there was a, a joint on the side of the road, marijuana cigarette on the side of the road. I was jogging up 
up this hill, and there it was. I picked it up, looked at it. Now, in times past, I'd have just smoked it so I could be happy, <laughs> just being honest, right? But at this point, I'd had enough truth, soldiers of truth, that had infiltrated that stronghold, that that stronghold become weak. And when I dropped that weed on the ground, and I put my foot over it, and I ground it into the asphalt, and I kept running up that road and said, I'm not a drug addict, I'm a child of God. It was at that moment that that whole stronghold came tumbling down, and there was soul salvation. See, soul salvation begins in your thought process, but it ends in your actions. Amen. When you change the way you believe, when you change the way you think, you're going to change the way you act. Right? And so that was a stronghold for me. How I many you know for another person, that stronghold could be uh, anger? It could, be, it could be just someone who just really dealt with anger. Another stronghold could be uh, offense. Another, another stronghold that eventually got set free in my life was pornography. I used to struggle with pornography. I used to struggle with it for, for a good portion of my life. But that stronghold came down too. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Thank God, man. Uh, it's an evil stronghold, right? And it tries to rob people of life and, and just destroy people. But how many know that as long as, you know, the Bible says that the word of God's like a hammer that breaks in pieces the rock. It says that in the book of Jeremiah. As long as I just keep truth coming, and keep truth coming, keep condemnation off of us as we make mistakes, because you're going to make mistakes, but you just keep truth coming, and you know what's going to happen? That stronghold's going to come tumbling down, and in its place, there's going to be a stronghold of hope. There's going to be a stronghold of the Lord, amen? And so now, I just, so that stronghold, that's a mental thing, and that's where you've thought something over and over and over again to where it has become you know, a false identity or a false reality. So now, I just want to open up the mic here for a moment. Can anyone else think of another stronghold? There's a stronghold that maybe you've been set free from, uh, that you've dealt with in your mind. Please, uh, Ethan, will you hand Brian the mic, please? Right here. I just want and we'll talk about it here for a little bit before we step into the next portion of what we have. Rejection. Rejection. Talk about it. So, um, I suffered. Can we get a little more volume on the handout, um, please? Yeah. I suffered when I was younger. Um, suffer. Well, went through some um, parental abuse and stuff like that. Yeah. And it laid, unfortunately, laid a foundation for me where I never felt like I was good enough. Yeah. And then being poor over and overweight, it, it was just, I was prime target for it. Yeah. So I went through most of school, hated school because I got picked on every day. Yeah. Um, and um, so I, I constantly felt like I was never good enough, constantly felt like, uh, there was this drivenness where I had to fight for people's approval. Yeah. And um, it was horrible. It was a prison. Yeah. Never felt, I never really believed anyone loved me. Because yeah. I didn't, you know. And uh, it wasn't until, it really wasn't until God showed me the grace of God. Yeah. And that, you know that there was nothing that I could ever do to change his, his love for me. Yeah. And the fact that he is the only one that can love that way, that Come you on. cannot find that love in human beings. That's They're right. not capable of it. They're not. You're right. And when I learned to find that my source was him, <clears throat> and I started <laughs> focusing on scriptures like, um, steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercy shall never come to an end. Come on. You know, 
uh, though your father may reject you, though your mother may reject you, yes. I will never reject you. Come on, man. Um, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil, for thou art with me. Mm-hmm. For thy rock, you know, that he comforts us. And, Come on. And um, just bathing my heart in the fact. And, and, and not only that, then getting into the Song of Solomons and realizing that not only did he love me, but he enjoyed me. Yeah, that's huge right there. Because it went from just, because it's one thing, because tolerance is not love. Come on, yeah. And for the longest time, I believed that if someone even tolerated me, they loved me. Mm. And, and, and that's not love. Come on, man. God looks, even when you make a mistake, yeah. God still sees the good in you. God sees the creation that he made you to be. Yeah. And I learned that Jesus was madly in love with me. Yes, come on, man, come on. Yes. And now in Jesus, you're looked up to. That's exactly. Come on, that's right. Come on. That's exactly right. Yes, it's good, man. So, when you find out how much he loves you. Yeah. And the word is rich. Come on. You can't, you can't, the word is rich in how he loves us. The song of Psalms, the, 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 the Psalms, I mean, just, and how much God rejoices over his people. It's good. And, you know, um, you have ravished my heart, my sister, my bride, with just one glance of your eye. It's good. That's, yeah, it's referred to a female, but it's, it's the truth of how he feels about us is that right. just when we glance in his direction, his heart is ravished. You know, I was the prodigal son. Yeah. I was the one that grew up in church, turned my back on God. Yeah. And he came from a long way off and he ran to me. Come on. That's right. Come on. He didn't, he didn't, he didn't, oh, you can come into my, okay, you're, you're okay now. You can come into my presence and I'll let you in because I'm God. Mm -hmm. No, Um, he ran to me. He pursued you. He, he, he didn't just, and he doesn't just pursue you. Yeah. He comes down into the nasty blank hole that yeah. you made yeah, of your yeah, life. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Gets down there with you. Come on. And lets you, he lets you crawl out on his back. Come on, man. Praise God. Amen. That's Jesus. Yes. The Lord of glory, the King of heaven, the, the, the God of the universe. Yes. That God, who is mm-hmm. all-powerful, almighty, all-knowing, made everything, mm-hmm. will do that for me. Come on. It's good. And that set me free from rejection. It's good. So let's talk about that for just a moment because I think rejection is a stronghold that's built in a lot of people's hearts. The enemy loves uh, to build a stronghold of rejection because rejection leaves you um, in a state of feeling not good enough, not worthy of love, um, you know, all the things that Brian described. But, but here's the thing. How many you know that the Lord loved him the whole time that stronghold of rejection was still in his mind? And how many you know the Lord didn't want that stronghold of rejection in his mind? But in order for him to tear down that stronghold, he had to let truth attack that place of rejection so that that stronghold would be pulled down. And so now, what the enemy meant for evil, 
to destroy him and to keep him in a place of being you know, not worthy of love and not worthy of acceptance, that, that stronghold that's now been taken over by the Lord is now a place of ministry. It's now a house of God. Because everything that you just shared, it just blessed all of us tremendously, didn't it? Why? Because he's talking about someplace in his heart where the enemy once occupied, but the Lord is driven out through truth. So now it's a place of ministry and wholeness. But in order for that stronghold to be torn down, truth had to hit it. And that's where the scripture comes in. Do you hear me? how many scriptures he quoted? Because those were, those were the tools, those were the hammers that God empowered him with to beat down that stronghold of rejection. I'm telling you, you can't, um, you can't emotionally feel your way out of a stronghold. You can't do that. I went through counseling. I went through every humanistic thing. I went through people tell me. People would tell me all the time. Yeah. People, people would tell me, man, you're, you're loved. I love you. You're loved. You're accepted. You know, you have a, I couldn't tell you how many people in the church told me for years, yeah. you just rejected and you just need to give that to God. That, that never helped me. Come on, man. Come on. Well, the only thing that helped me is when I decided that I'm tired of living this way. I'm Come tired on. of feeling this way. Come on. And I, and, and, and I, and I keep hearing and, and the truth. I keep hearing this truth that God loves me. Yeah. And that God loves me unconditionally. Yeah. And I had to press into that. Yeah, that's good. And, 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 and I don't think this is a, 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 I feel that lie. Yeah. I believe that all sin is centered around this. Someone not believing God loves them and yeah, not being absolutely. satisfied because absolutely. that's the reason why you turn to those things and you yeah. try to fill your life with those things yeah. is because you're seeking fulfillment in your heart of knowing that you're loved. Yeah. And if you don't know that, you yeah. will try to find it in everything. That's good. It's and, true. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's not just... It's something you, and it, and it didn't happen overnight either. Yeah, that's something I want to tag into because, see, a stronghold's not built in a day. No. And, it's not, and it's not torn down in a day. And, and here's the thing this is really important. Don't compare yourself with anybody else. Don't do that. The amount of time it may take you to tear down a stronghold in your mind may be different than what it takes somebody else. But if you'll just not receive condemnation, that's the, that's the main thing, folks. And when I talk about strongholds, a lot of times strongholds, there's sin involved. Whether that sin is fear or unbelief or, 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 um, or whatever, you know, or temptation or whatever. You have to understand that stronghold was built to destroy you. It's an enemy encampment in your thought process. So, but here's the beauty of, of the good news of the gospel is this. Your sin's been forgiven. So even while you work your way through a stronghold, you're forgiven the whole time. You're loved the whole time. You're accepted the whole time. You're a child of God the whole time. You know, when I worked my way out of, when I, when I, with drug addiction, you know, like God, I mean, you know, God still loves you even if, even though you're addicted to something. Can I get an amen? Whether that addiction is with a substance or a person or whatever, God still loves you, and, and the banner over your life is love, and the answer over your life is no condemnation. And, and you cannot tear down a stronghold under a canopy of condemnation. You can't do it. 
Because you're going to be left with your own self-effort. And then, then you feel condemned because you messed up again and you had that thought again or you got mad again and you feel condemned. No, 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 no. Let the gospel, that's probably one of the major strongholds that need to be torn down in everybody's life is condemnation. You got to keep that thing torn down. Don't let the enemy put one block in there. And, and, and I'm going to hit it real quick. <laughs> Was the cross a success? Did Jesus do a good job? then all your sin has been forgiven for eternity. Can I get an amen? So there's no condemnation in Christ Jesus. But there is an application of truth about what God has said that's going to set you free from a lie. You ever have been in a time in your life when you believed a lie? And then you had to have someone tell you the truth? And how I many you know sometimes they got to tell you a couple times before you'll believe them? And you got to hear that truth. No, no, no. So-and-so's not mad at you. No, no, no. It didn't really happen like this. Because you've heard a lie so much, that lie's become your truth. And, and the whole time that Brian was being who he was, how I many you know God loved him? But that stronghold of rejection was inside of his mind was preventing him from experiencing that love in the way that God wanted him to. And that's why God gives a scripture, man. It's not just so we can memorize verses and look cool, you know, on Bible trivia or whatever. It's because it is a weapon in your hands. Pick truth up and bash lie in the face with it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Cut its head off, man. Don't play around with it. Look, the, the, the cost of your freedom was too great for us to continue to live as slaves. You, you, the greatest emancipation proclamation ever has been declared at the cross. And it is this. We don't have to be enslaved to sin. We don't have to be enslaved to fear. We don't have to be enslaved to the enemy. We don't have to be enslaved to anything. How many know that God has come to set us free? Whom the Son sets free is free indeed. What is the weapon that He sets us free with? Truth. So sometimes when when you're dealing with a stronghold, you've got to take some truth and just keep hitting it. And, and, now, and so now let's, let's move forward here. And, and, because, and I'll quote you this verse, but then we'll continue to move down this passage here. In Romans 12, 2, it says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is a good and acceptable will of the Lord. How many know your transformation happened in your spirit when you received Jesus? But the cocoon that's going to produce the butterfly is changing the way you think. I mean, sometimes you got to cocoon yourself in the Word of God. Yes. You know, just like here recently, I've been cocooning myself in Proverbs. That's what I've been doing. Why? Because I need wisdom. I need, I need to know how to navigate. Because ain't nobody know what's going on. <laughs> so I need the Lord. But you know what? He's got it. He's got all the wisdom. He knows what to do. Let's go. Let's draw near to Him. See, the beauty of it is when the world's going crazy and nobody knows what to do, you know what to do because the knower's inside of you. You know what to do. So, and that's why it's, really, it's an important time because we can really flourish in this season. If we just walk with the Lord. And as you flourish and as fruit comes upon your tree, you're going to have the opportunity to help people and to sow seed into their lives as they sink their teeth into the fruit that's on your tree. Talking about love, peace, joy, kindness, goodness, temperance, all these things. Amen. I mean, the harvest is ripe. And so it's time. So cocoon yourself in truth and attack the stronghold. Amen. Anyone else just quickly name another stronghold? 
Fear. Fear is a, fear is a massive stronghold. What were you going to say? Yeah. Give her a mic, please. Yeah, turn it on. It's okay. Yeah. Okay, my mom, when, um, um, it's been some years back, you know, she um, had a, a problem with taking aspirin too much, overdosed when she was pregnant. Well, when she got to the hospital, they deemed her dead. They took her down to the holding area, wow. you know, where um, they hold dead people for the morgue, I guess, or funeral yeah. home to come pick them up, whatever yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. Well, something, she tells me this story, and she's been telling it for like 20, 25 years or so. Uh-huh. She was laying, uh, all of a sudden she just heard someone saying, if you don't get up now, you're never going to get up. So she opened her eyes and she got up. And um, eventually she started wandering around there. And then, of course, you know, now she's not dead. Yeah. Okay, so (laughs) (laughs) I don't know how else to say that. But she'll tell that story. And then she says while while they put her in the hospital there so she can recuperate, one of the chaplains or someone came to her and said, you know, well, let's pray. You want to ask Jesus for this or whatever they say it to her. Uh And she said, well, I looked at him and said, I've never asked Jesus for anything a day in my life, and I'm not about to start now. Hmm. And I'm looking at her, and I know it's been like 25 years ago, and I said, you know, that was really arrogant. Mm. That's an arrogant way to think. Mm -hmm. And it took me all this time to realize that that wasn't arrogance. Mm. That was my mom all her life not thinking she was worthy to ask Jesus for one single thing. Mm. And I could tell all these years where she's been beaten down, she's been treated so just illy, you know, for any kind of human, much less to listen to everything she's had to listen to and everything she's had to go through all her life since a child. I know now that that's not arrogance, that she doesn't think she's worth it to be able to go to the Lord and ask her. So I see that change in her now Mm. as I'm treating her differently, as I, in my mind, have Mm. known the truth about what is really going on when people talk like that and when they act like that. They truly do in their heart think, that they're not worthy. It isn't yeah. about arrogance. So and once you know that in your heart, yeah. that's how you can react differently to them. And that changes what's going on. That's so good. That's so good. Will you take that mic, please? Um, because, you know, a lot of times you, you see hurting people, you see angry people, and really the, the issue is, like Teresa's saying, they're hurting. And, and, and the reason that she, you know, we, we could have outwardly looked at that and said, man, that's so insulting to Jesus. But really the issue is she didn't think she was worthy to receive. That's really good. And so, you know, unworthiness, rejection, fear, anxiety. I mean, there's a million different strongholds um, that, that we take a stand against, right? And, uh, and, and, and God wants to, with you, partner with you in giving you truth to tearing that stronghold down. Transforming your mind, so that and that word for transforming the Greeks the word metamorphosis, amen. And because God always see what what truth actually does is it once you're saved, it, it allows the world to see the truest version of who you are. Who are you? Well, you're in Christ. Is there anything bad in Christ? You know, you're good. In Christ. He made you good. He made you loving. He made you kind. Like all the things that Jesus is has now become your identity. How many know he's the head, but how many know we're his body? 
And a part of what God wants to do is He wants to reveal Jesus to the world in you. And the only way that that can happen is if we start to get set free from the lies that held us back and held us down. Including those strongholds. Amen? So, with that, and we're, we're, gonna, we're starting to wrap up and we're going to close here. But I just want to take a moment to address specific thoughts here. So it says, Mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bring every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. And so now we understand a stronghold is built through a series of thoughts, right? And then we want to tear it down through taking truth. But then also we want, to, we want to guard our minds from fiery darts that come in and thoughts. You know, and I, and I shared this with you guys here recently, but you know, I put up some lights in my house um, last week. And, and uh, you know, I was up on my roof and I was on a ladder and I was a little nervous. And, um, and, but what the enemy was trying to do, the enemy was trying to put fear into me that I was going to break my leg. All day, the whole day, the enemy was trying to put that thought in me. Now, how many know... My part, see, what's more important than guarding my footing on the ladder is guarding my heart from fear. I know that may sound crazy, but if I am super afraid and expecting something to happen, it's going to help it to happen. For sure. Because what the enemy's trying to do is he's trying to, he's trying to, remember, gird up the loins of your mind. He's trying to impregnate my mind with a broken leg. Not just with thoughts and fear, but images. Like seeing yourself falling down the ladder. Seeing yourself with a broken leg. Seeing yourself with, well, wonder how long it'll take you to recover. Wonder what Christmas is going to look. How many know your mind can go a million miles in three seconds? Your mind can paint an elaborate picture of your own funeral. Of your own, you know what I'm saying? And what we have to do is we can't let that happen. You're in control of what you focus on. So while all that was going on, I had to bring every thought into, the, into captivity to the obedience of Christ. I had to cast down these thoughts of me breaking my leg. Now, once again, you don't fight a thought with a thought. You guys speak the word of God. How many you know when the enemy came to tempt Jesus, Jesus spoke? He didn't just fight the enemy with thoughts. He spoke. He said, it is written, you shall serve the Lord your God only. It is written, don't tempt the Lord your God. It is written, it is written, it is written. So while the enemy's trying to attack me with this sign of me breaking my leg, out of my, I cast that down in Jesus' name. I take authority over spirit of fear. And then no evil shall befall me. Neither shall any plague come near my dwelling. He's given his angels charge over me. They bear me up lest I dash my foot upon a stone. So under my breath, as I'm doing this stuff, I'm, fight, I'm not only fighting a battle with the lights, because <laughs> it was a battle. Amen. Ethan joined me in that battle. We did it together. But I'm also fighting another battle trying to prevent something bad from happening to me that would impact every, my family and even the church. And so what do you got to do? You got to take that thought and you got to bring it captive to the obedience of Christ. You know, and I, I, I've been discipling uh, this lady for quite some time, and uh, she's been working through some stuff and been just helping her. And man, she had the greatest 
were just God had revealed something so powerful to her, and this is the way this is the way she handles this verse. And I told her I was going to preach on this. But when the enemy brings that thought of fear, or you know, you're going to get COVID and die, or you know, you're going to lose your house, or you're going to lose your spouse, or you're going to 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 whatever all the bad stuff the enemy tries to bring. She said she would just mentally take that thought, almost like a picture, and present it to Jesus. And, and let and, and bringing it captive to the obedience of Christ. Yeah. Let me ask you a question. How good was Jesus' obedience? Perfect. So when you take this destructive thought and you present it to the obedience of Christ, you know, the obedience of Christ will slice right through that thing and say, that's a lie. That's not happening to you. Can I get an Amen. See, what we have to be careful is we don't get into legalism and think it's about your perfect obedience. How I many know the reason that you're worthy to have all these promises that I've just discussed, promises of protection, uh, promises of financial provision, promises of, of healing, promises of relational wisdom. How I many know all these promises don't hang on your obedience? They hang on the obedience of Jesus. Can't get an Amen. I mean, that's what the new covenant's all about. God's made you the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So now all the promises in Him are yes and amen. His perfect obedience has been set to your account. You've been made worthy by the Lamb of God. He made you worthy to receive. He made you worthy to be protected. I mean, if I don't know that, then when I'm up on that ladder and the enemy's trying to tell me that I'm going to break my leg, I'll think, well, you know what, I, I did, I made that mistake last week. I said that, I did that, I shouldn't have done that. I, 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 me, 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 me. It's not about me. It's about him. Get your eyes off of you. You don't qualify yourself. Can I get an amen? If he can make your focus you, he will destroy your faith. Because we are not enough. But it's not about we, it's about he. He is enough. And because He was enough, now when, I, when you take a stand for the promises of God, when I take a stand for the promises of God, we're not standing <clears throat> on our obedience. We're standing on the perfect obedience of Jesus Christ on the cross. So when that thought comes in, I take that thing captive and I present it to the Lord and He slices through it with that scepter of righteousness. He says, this is not for you. This is not your life. This is not your future. This is not your destiny. This is blessing, blessing, blessing. Can I get an amen? amen. So, so we become stewards of our minds. We become stewards of our own thought processes. and We don't allow the enemy to cause us to be blown with every wind of doctrine, every wind of direction, keeping us in a state of confusion. You know, you know, you know, one of the definitions of, of, of being crazy, you know, and I know because I used to be crazy, praise God, amen, is the inability to focus, the inability to hone in on something. I mean, you know, the reason crazy people are crazy is they don't have the ability to temper their thoughts. Whatever comes into their thoughts, their thought. Does that make sense? And so they're doing crazy stuff because they have no ability to, to sift through thoughts, Right? And what I'm telling you right now, I just want to empower you. Everything that comes into your head is not from you. Can I get an amen? And if something comes into your head and it tries to, it tries to exalt itself above the knowledge of God, cast it down. Bring it into obedience to Christ. Can I get an amen? Stay diligent over it. Don't let it. Don't let it. 
Why, why, do, why, do, why do people commit adultery? Because they think about it. They think about it and think about it and think about it and imagine it and think about it and imagine it and think about it and then all of a sudden that thing gets birthed and then it brings forth death. <coughs> Why do people kill people? Because they think about it. And so I'm, I'm just saying that the ball's in our court. We're in control of our thoughts through the Word of God. Can I get an amen? Don't allow the enemy to put stuff in your head that don't belong there. Cast it down. You know, we didn't get a chance to get there uh, today, but you're talking about the armor of God and the shield of faith and the sword of the Spirit. Slice them thoughts down, man. Give no place to them. But you've got to open your mouth. You know, and, and I'm closing right now because I know our time is finished, but if you're dealing with a stronghold, find a promise it'll tear it down. Amen. Just like Brian. Yeah. Find you a promise. And you don't need a truckload. Really, you only need one word. Mm-hmm. But God may give you a couple. But you only need one. If you take that one word and you think about it and you meditate on it and you speak it out of your mouth and you memorize it and then you pull that thing out like, a, like David's stone. I mean, you know, David only needed one stone to kill Goliath. You only need one word to tear down a stronghold. Seriously. Only one word. You find that word, you find that promise and you keep cracking that giant upside his head until he falls. Can't get an amen. Because there are strongholds that don't belong inside of you. And they're stopping you from enjoying your life. And, and, and sometimes you've got to be a little bit purposeful about it. Go after that thing. How I many know David ran towards Goliath? How I many know sometimes you've got to run towards the stronghold? You don't have anything to be afraid of. You're a child of God. You have the righteousness of God. God's for you. Amen. But there are some things that have built up a camp inside of us that need to be driven out with truth. Can I get an amen? Amen. Awesome. All right. Well, praise God. I think we're, we're done here. And so I'll, I will close in prayer if you're ready for me to do that, brother. Okay. Amen. Father, we just thank you and praise you that you empower us with truth. And uh, Lord, you help us to... Uh, anybody that's watching, Lord, whether... They're at uh, Family of Faith Church in Louisville, or they're watching online, or they're here. I just thank you, Lord. We've all got something, maybe an area, that, a, a thought process that we don't want inside of us any longer. And just corporately together, I thank you, Lord, that everyone makes a decision to take that stronghold, to lift it up to you. Let's all do that right now. Take that strong, lift it up to the Lord. And see, here's the thing. What you tolerate will continue. You've got to make a decision to not tolerate it. You know, it's not a part of who you are. It's not a part of your DNA. Addiction wasn't a part of my DNA. Pornography is not a part of someone's DNA. Rejection is not a part of someone's DNA. No, that, that thing is squatting in your mind and it needs to be driven out. And I, th- and I just lift it up unto the Lord. And then ask Him to give you the stone that's going to take down the giant. And present yourself before the Lord. Take a walk through some scripture. Find a promise. Pull that thing up. Make that stone nice and smooth in your heart. And use it as a weapon to drive that lie out of your mind. So that you can be free. And here's the thing. You tear down a stronghold in your mind and you won't pass it on to your kids. 
You'll break that thing. You'll break that thing out of your family. So, Father, we just thank you that you bring forth freedom and deliverance into all of our lives through your truth. Spirit of God, we thank you that you orchestrate it, you cause it to happen, but we don't tolerate lies in our mind any longer. Lord, I, help, I thank you that you help us to discern truth and to lead us and guide us into all truth. In Jesus' name, amen. Awesome. Awesome. Uh huh. Hold on, hold on, hold on, Connie. Give me one second. Amen. Good. Good.